I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to a brand new extra special episode of Tender Loving Care with your host, myself, darling Kate. Pauline could not be here today, so this will be a solo app. I'm missing her already, but we're going to just chat. I'm going to pretend like I'm talking to you, our lovely listeners. So Pauline and I have decided we cannot not discuss the latest in the 90 Day Fiance franchise, 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way. As you probably know, our podcast, Tender Loving Care, which is available on all podcasting platforms, has a new episode each Wednesday. And in that podcast, we break down a show from the TLC network or discovery plus past or present and deep dive and discuss the glorious chaos. We have decided to watch even more TLC and get in on the new season of the other way and release it as some more content for you, our beautiful trash TV loving listeners every Tuesday. Hello. So as I said, Pauline is not here. She can't be here tonight um, as I'm recording. So I'm doing a solo episode to discuss with you, but it's just me talking. (laughs) 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way, Tell All, Part 3. Now, (laughs) this podcast very rarely feels like a job. It is so fun to do. But oh my God, by the time you get to part three of a tell all, it's like, cut the shit, like kill me now. You know, I'm sure you all feel the same way, but I watched it. There were some interesting things I think um, that came up and a few, just a few more things to be said about the season in general. So I'm going to go through um, couple by couple and kind of give my closing statements (laughs) as it were about them, their relationship, what we were presented on the show, what I wish we would have gotten, et cetera. So let's dive in. Um, If Pauline was here, we would be going over our beverages. We would go over to the beverage corner. So I have this massive jug of pH balanced water that I am (laughs) slugging back because my apartment's air conditioning does not work and has been broken for a week or two now. Um, It'll kind of work a little bit. And then I'm like, oh, I guess it's fixed because they had someone come apparently while I was out of the apartment and fix it. Um, But no, no, it's, it's not fixed. And so it's 82 degrees in here. I did turn it back on to try and see if it'll bless me with a little bit of cold air, but um. I am sweating. So I have a giant water. And then of course it is turtle time. I am drinking some Pinot Grigio. Pause for sip. Okay. So let's see. I think we will start with, let's start with, hmm, 
Mahmoud and Nicole. How about that? So basically, they trot out Mahmoud's brother, Ahmed. Um, so he doesn't have a ton to add. His whole thing, I'm a little... I'm a little bit confused on his whole thing because he says, well, Nicole knows that before I'm Mahmoud's brother, I'm her brother first. So she can always come to me with any troubles she's having with Mahmoud and I will fix them. Sorry, what? Like you are not in a relationship with Nicole. Mahmoud is. So I don't understand why you are like his spokesperson in this relationship, not even just on the tell-all, in the relationship, it's like he is the one who has more uh, empathy (laughs) for Nicole and better people skills, seemingly. And so he is telling her and everyone else that if he's, if Mahmoud is being mean or whatever, just come to brother Ahmed and he will make it all better. I was like, "Mm." even when Ahmed did intervene in the season, like after that big fight they had in the street, which I'll talk about in a second, he didn't get to the root of any issues. He simply said, listen, you're married. Just be happy and move on and don't even talk about this anymore. Well, that doesn't make these issues go away. It gets her to leave the hotel or it gets her to continue on in the relationship for a little bit until their next fight. But it's not, he's not a therapist, you know, he's not a marriage counselor. So I didn't really see that helping anything. Um, so the big fight, we go to this footage of the big fight that they had in the street Uh, You'll remember this was after they went swimming and they were having seemingly one of the best days together that at least we had seen on the season. And then Mahmoud said something sarcastic that Nicole didn't like, and she told him to go away or leave her alone, stop picking at me. And basically she's walking away from him and he won't leave her alone. And they end up fighting in the street and he's very persistent about, um, you know, continuing the conversation and she gets fed up and shoves him away. And he then grabs her wrist. Now we go through that and then they go back to the studio and it's, at the tell-all and it's kind of silent. No one, no one has much to say because it's just very jarring to watch that footage. Um, and then we go to the, why did you go through my phone? I think it's okay. Or, uh, I think it's about as okay as you having chats with other girls. Um, this was strange. So they're going through this after they play the clip. And everyone else on the cast looks pretty serious. Like, okay, now we're talking about the cheating stuff or that, you know, he's being inappropriate with other women. And every time they show Mahmoud and Ahmed on the camera, they're busting up laughing. They're smiling and then they can't hold it in anymore. And they're just giggling the whole time. And it's like, yes, this is kind of ridiculous. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. He's talking to some woman in who lives in China about buying a TV from her. And then that somehow became a conversation like about how old she is, where do you live? Somehow got to the point of, did you get home safe last night? So they're talking over multiple days. It's weird. And even if it was nothing serious, which it doesn't sound like it got to a serious place, it got to a strange place of why are you going there? Why are you still chatting with her? But it's like, why? You know, it, 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 she just wants an explanation. She just wants him to communicate to her that it was a joke or, you know, 
what was going through your mind, apologize, say, you'll never do it again. And let's move on. But he won't really do that. He's just laughing and it was kind of frustrating. Um, and then our host Gabe (laughs) calls Mahmoud scummy and we all kind of know how this turns out, especially if you followed us on Instagram at Thunder Living Care Podcast. You'll see we reposted someone got video of Nicole and Mahmoud at the airport. So he is in LA right now and they are trying to meet in the middle, I guess, with their lifestyles. We'll see how that goes. Um, Pauline and I have discussed that we think it's going to be a disaster. Um And uh, as I go through these, I'll just kind of go to the very end and do the like post wrapping filming little interviews that they give. So Nicole has a very strong post show interview. She seems really empowered in this moment, more so than we saw the whole season. I thought she says, I'm no longer going to enable his insecurity. We have to create our own culture as a couple. And that's my goal when he gets here to the U.S. So that sounds nice and everything in theory. And I think that she's capable of doing that, of compromising on a few things or being patient with him as he acclimates to her culture. But I don't know that Mahmoud is mature enough to do that. Um, he's, she, she also says during this part as she's packing up her stuff that it's very hard to make these men budge on their culture and their idea of gender roles and everything like that. And so um, I, I agree with her. I think it's going to be really tough to have him break away from that um, idea in his head of how she should behave even beyond their religion, you know, just how she as a woman should act and how she's definitely going to be acting in the States in her home country. So, ah, good luck to you. Um, and yeah, as we said, I, they will likely be on, uh, regular 90 day fiance. I'd be surprised if they weren't. Um, okay. So let's go to, (laughs) Let's go to Jen and Rishi. So Jen, this tell-all, was giving so much more emotion than we saw her give during the season, other than that throwback clip we got of her crying on the floor with the cell phone, which Holly and I, you know, we were looking for that kind of energy the whole season, and we didn't really get it. She... At the end of the season, even when they're breaking up, she was very level-headed and, um, you know, composed. Uh, Well, (laughs) they're taking a break from filming and she is feeling very emotional. She tells us that she felt like his mom, Rishi's mom, was coming at her about the age thing. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't think that the mother was being as rude to her as she feels or as I don't think the things that the mom was saying or the demeanor that she had really deserves the vitriol that Jen is spewing at her uh I think Jen feels very sensitive about her age she Maybe uh, this is speculation, but maybe she feels like she's not living the lifestyle or living the life or at the place in her life that she thought she would be at her age. Maybe, I mean, she almost certainly thought that she would be with a partner and married by now and um, maybe have her own house or something. She's living with her family, which is an interesting thing. She had a huge problem living with his family. Meanwhile, in the States, she lives with her family. Maybe she views it as super temporary, but um, yeah. So 
she's sobbing and she's telling the producers that the mom was not nice and she just kept repeating the age thing. And yeah, the mom did repeat. She said it a couple of times, you know, you have no flaws. You're a great person, but there's a huge age gap and they want grandchildren, obviously. And um, that's kind of what they're stuck on is. And that's why they want someone that's the same age, because uh, as 90 day viewers have seen um, in other seasons with Jenny and Summit, it's very odd um, in their culture and Indian culture to be with someone with that big of an age gap and to not have kids and not live with your family. These are things that go against what everyone there does. And so I don't think that she's trying to be mean and throw jabs at Jen, the mom, she, when she says, Hey, you're a great person, but the timelines are not matching up for you and my son. He needs to be with a woman who, uh, wants to have some kids and is at the same place in her life, whatever it is. And so she's really taking that to heart and she FaceTimes Rishi <laughs> and the thing with your mom, she thinks I'm too old and like, fuck her. Okay. So hurtful. And I want you to convey that to her. And if she says that to me again, we will not never speak again, ever, ever. And it's like, Jen, you cannot tell him to. You cannot tell him, you cannot say like, fuck her about someone's mom. That is so rude. I get why she's hurt and everything like that, but she needs to say that she needs to be more respectful. If this is going to be your mother-in-law, I don't think it's a good idea to talk about her like that on TV, to talk about her to her son like that. Uh, I think those were very strong words. And she should honestly be lucky that she that he doesn't have Samit's mom because, woo, Nelly. That was some rudeness, if we want to talk about moms being rude. Okay. Um, all right. So then Rishi's saying, well, you're my other half. And they hang up. And again, with Rishi, it was more emotion than we saw all season. I'm like, did they just have a hard time opening up in front of the cameras or what? Because this tell-all, they finally were kind of warmed up and... I don't know, maybe they took some acting classes or something, but he was even squeezing out some tears and it was more than they gave us for sure. Uh, previous to now. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> so then, oh, before she goes back to set, Jen says this whole thing with his family is making me second guess if I can have a relationship with Rishi. And I'm like, this is making you think that this is making you think that not watching him on TV with his friend at the gym, that woman who he worked with telling the cameras, uh, it's really, really hard for me to believe that he wasn't sleeping with all these girls. He goes home with when we're out at the bars. Personally, I would take up more of an issue with that part. Uh, but that's just, I mean, the family thing is a bigger deal, ultimately, I guess, if you're going to get married. But I mean, you shouldn't even be thinking about marriage if he's just cheating on you this whole time. Okay. So then we're back on set. Jen's not there yet. She's still getting cleaned up. And Sean is talking to Rishi. He forces out a few tears. And uh, then she comes back on set. And, um, they are pointing this out. They're like, wow, you guys really do love each other. We're seeing so much from you. And he's like, it just makes me so sad because I feel like this is all my fault. She's like, oh, Rishi, don't say that. It's not your fault. It's your bitch, awful, 
horrible mother's fault. <laughs> she didn't say that, but it was like, come on, guys, just call it a wrap. And they absolutely are not going to keep dating beyond this because we get this scene um, when they're off stage on another break or something. And Gabe, the real host, is saying to Jen, um, they're, they're, they're sitting on the couches and he's like, oh, what do you think is going to happen with you and Rishi? And he's like, I think you guys should wait. But it's like, when are you going to be done waiting? You know? And she's like, I'm not going to let opportunities pass me by. In fact, I already gave out my number. (laughs) Gabe's like, oh, who'd you give it to? Oh, I gave it to Debbie's son. Oh, yeah, he could be a potential. I really appreciated the callback to someone being called a potential. Gabe is a fan of the show. Uh, So he's, oh, what made you do that? Why do you like him? Gabe is a producer. He definitely needs to get into producing. And she says, oh, well, he was just so protective of his mother and he's attractive. He's my age. He has a career too. Yeah, he has a career. Seems like someone I could have a conversation with. Something can, so there's something to be said for someone who lives in the States who I can talk to and family doesn't hate me. TLC is not going to let this opportunity slip past. I mean, She's going to be on The Single Life and she's going to date Debbie's son. I'd be surprised if that was the last we saw of Jen. Uh, And then after wrapping, you know, she has more tears, more emotion. Where was that? Anyways, let's move on. Let's go to. I'll do Danielle and Johan really quick. I don't have a ton to say about them. Um. So they start off and they're showing these clips of them fighting. And Danielle says to Sean that she she doesn't mean things that she says to him. And he knows that. And when they have time to think about things and they come back together, then everything's fine. And Sean says, rate your relationship. Oh, some days, one to 10, rate your relationship. Some days it's a 20 and some days it's a negative five. Wow, that's quite the roller coaster. I don't know why you want to be on that ride. Um, I mean, my theory is that they have a great uh, physical relationship, and that's kind of what keeps things running. Um, so we have Debbie chiming in. She's saying that it was very disrespectful of Danielle to bring an ex lover around her husband. tend to lean that way. Now, in general, is it totally messed up to have exes around your current partner? No. In theory, no. It depends on the circumstances, right? Uh, We have Tim and Veronica hanging out all the time, but they also are co-parents. And like they say, they took a year of not talking and then um, you know, they, it, 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 they had more distance and, and whatever. They didn't have issue with it. Johan does have issue with it. He expressly told her this. He wasn't comfortable with it. And they're just never going to agree on this. So as hard as it is, I think it could be one of these things that's pointing to them being incompatible. And I don't know how long it's going to take them to realize that and move on. But um, Danielle says she's not like other girls, basically, because she doesn't care if he brings his exes around. She says she'll have a lot of questions, but she would actually love meeting them and seeing what they're like and what they have to say about Johan and all this. I don't know about that. I I think that she is a people person in a way that Johan isn't where she and she's she's mature in a lot of ways more so than Johan. Um so I think that she could definitely sit and have a drink with one of his exes and 
not be totally grumpy the whole time or asking super inappropriate things about their genitals like Johan did. But I can see her maybe secretly having some issue or finding jealousy somewhere. Um, I think that happens to the best of us, right? And for him to clearly communicate that he didn't want to meet her ex and have her kind of force that on the show, I can see why he's upset. There's a lot of things that I think he does wrong in this relationship too. But like I've said on this podcast before, I understood that part. I'm like, okay, yeah, he doesn't want to meet him. Don't make him meet him. Uh, so then we go to the financials, Polly and I's favorite part. Johan claims that, she, yes, she's paying the rent and the bills. She says, if I'm not around, that doesn't get done. But he's giving her the money to do that. She denies this. I don't know where all this money's coming from on his end. I don't even know where it's coming from on her end. It's very unclear. If we had a host that was asking more interesting questions, I think they could have. I mean, there was a lot of material on the internet that I feel like the fans were finding and talking about. And it would be so much more interesting on these tell alls if they would ask more of that stuff. Like this big thing came out with Danielle declaring bankruptcy and it's like, okay, well, did you not filing for the K-1 visa and him not going to the States have anything to do with the bankruptcy? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about you leaving your position as a teacher one year before uh, you qualified for your pension. Let's talk about that. You know, there are tons of interesting things that happened that the viewers picked up on or that happened online or whatever that we could really be diving into. We need a host. I love Sean Robinson as a person. She's um, she's done a lot of great things in her career. Um, she actually produced 90 Day um, Bears All. So I know she can go there. And I, I haven't sat down and watched all of 90 Day Bears All, but I did watch some clips because I was like, how is she producing this show? And does she act the same way she does on these tell-alls or what is the deal? And she was much more engaged on on that show, I noticed, and more animated and more into it and asking more probing questions, getting not complete softballs on that show. So then we go to the tell-alls and it's just these nothing questions. She's not a producer on all these 90-day shows. So I guess that's them asking her to be sort of a generic facilitator, very neutral facilitator of these conversations. But we need someone to say, and then they bring in, they bring in the former cast members, Tim and Veronica, to steer the ship to more interesting, you know, conversations. But that's not even really happening. And I wouldn't even have that big of a problem with Tim and Veronica being there if they were going there with these questions, but they're really not. And so it's like, feels like they just put them in there to fill the time. Eh, I don't know, guys. So that's, uh, that's them. And I mean, what else do I have? Oh, and I was looking at... I Googled Sean Robinson because I wanted to know more about her. And then I ended up on her LinkedIn page, which is all about female empowerment. She has, I didn't realize she wasn't, it says Emmy award-winning television journalist. Um, You know, of course her big thing was access Hollywood. Great. And I think that is where that's her lane. Like that's where I see her. It's where she does really well. It's where I see her doing things. And I can see her hosting like the bachelorette or something, but for this, we need a host that will really get down in the muck with these people and push them. And I mean, lots of people feel this way. So I'll stop talking about it, but 
Anyways, I mean, maybe Gabe now needs to, <laughs> Gabe needs to come back, not Tim and Veronica. And they don't even necessarily need Sean there. It just needs to be Gabe with, with the cards in the middle seat, not even going off the cards. The cards are a prop. And Gabe is really just like in there, like what, like what's up with the drugs, Chris? You know, like I need, I need it. So, okay. To wrap up Danielle and Johan, I mean, what else is there to say? They bring out the ex-boyfriend. He, he's not giving us anything. And they're asking, um, they don't ask about the butcher shop. Disappointing. And uh, Sean asks, do you think that the relationship can get to a good place again? Johan says, no, he doesn't. Danielle says, well, I think we need to go to therapy. And Johan says, no, I'm not going to therapy. That's not going to help us. So good luck with that, Danielle. Um, After wrapping, she says she doesn't think that the relationship's over, but she never knows how he will respond, which is unsettling, I think, in a relationship to feel like your partner is such a wild card that you have no idea if they're going to say blow up about something or be mature or you just have no idea that's that's tough and I think like Polly and I have said before she should just be single and have fun and not have to deal with all this crap um she says we're both coming to the relationship with so much trauma and we need therapy I think that's great that she can see that and admit that but Good luck getting Johan on the same page. I'll say that. Pause for wine. Okay, sorry for the ASMR. All right, Gabe and Isabel, again, not a ton here. Monica comes out. They have not spoken since before the wedding, apparently. They've been sending each other memes on Instagram. Great, but they haven't had a phone conversation. So. He confronts her about not going to the wedding and we find out that her big reason is that she was crying too much to go. Huh? Hmm. Well, that doesn't seem like enough of an excuse, honestly, to me, to me. I think that if you're crying and you're a mess, sit in the back row. You know, be present, sit in the back row, gather yourself, go to the reception. Okay, you're crying, so you miss the ceremony. Show up at the reception and give your brother a hug. Give your sister-in-law a hug. And I think that's enough time to gather yourself and get to the reception. And then at least you're there supporting. And that's the part that everyone cares about anyway, I feel like. I mean, the ceremony, yeah, it's blah, blah, blah. But like the reception, that's where everyone's talking and those are where the memories are made. And so I don't know about this crying thing. So then um, Gabe goes over to the couch that she's sitting on at the reunion. And he says, basically, he just wants her support. And he didn't appreciate that she was dogging on Isabel the night before the wedding. And that's what made him upset. And he doesn't like that she always does that in his relationships. and. Then she says, yeah, well, you can't blame me on ruining your relationships. And he's like, well, and I think that he has kind of in some type of way accused her of that. And that's true. That's true. But also, I think it's fair to tell your sibling to back off of the people you're dating um, because it does cause issues, even if it's not the issue. And should it be something that they can overcome as a couple? Yeah, but that doesn't mean you should keep doing it. So her account of this mysterious night before the wedding is that it was two 30. They'd been drinking all night. They closed the bars down. I think Gabe is a pretty big partier. I think that's kind of in the subtext of all of this. Gabe likes to party. I don't think that's something that Gabe would deny. Okay. But it's two 30 AM. They're shutting down the bars. The party's still going. And 
Monica's like, Hey, your wedding's tomorrow. My hair appointment's at 8 a.m. Please take me to the place I'm staying and you can carry on with the party. And Gabe says that's, they were out so late apparently because they're waiting for Isabel because she was still planning the wedding the night before. And then as soon as she showed up, that's when Monica said, Oh, well, I want to go home. And then Gabe said, well, she's going to get upset and it's going to cause problems. And then Monica said, well, then you shouldn't be with someone. You shouldn't be getting married to someone who will be so upset by something like this, by you taking your sister home. I don't know. I don't know about this story, guys. I think it seems like kind of power plays here, like. Oh, well, she's making us wait all night. I'm tired of waiting and I don't even want to be around her. So I'm going home. Plus, we have to remember they're all drunk, except maybe Isabel, I guess, because she was just showing up. But like Gabe and Monica and whoever else they're with, probably that friend, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now, the American that lives down there that Gabe likes to party with. They're all, it's 2.30 a.m. Yeah, you're probably drunk and is probably more dramatic. Things were being said that were way more dramatic than they would say when they were sober. And her power move was to be like, well, you're having fun and your fiance just got here. I don't care. I'm your sister. She's like pulling rank, you know, take me home. And it's these little things, but I think that they get to each other enough. They know how to get to each other and push each other's buttons as siblings, that it was a big enough deal for, and and they're both so stubborn, you know, she's like definitely upset by it. Yes. I believe that, but also, well, I'm not going to this freaking wedding. I don't even believe that they're going to stay together. This is all for TV. I mean, who knows what she really thinks? I think she tells us a lot of what she thinks, but also (laughs) it just seems like there's, some things that were said that they did not tell us. Um, okay. This is the other, this is the other like last thing I need to say about this wedding part. I am so confused about Monica not knowing what her role in the wedding was even up to the day of the wedding. And what's really strange is that Isabel admits to never telling Monica that she wanted her to be a bridesmaid. And not only that, Isabel's mom made custom made a dress for Monica to be a bridesmaid and then didn't tell Isabel that. Huh? Why? Why? Why would you not tell your soon-to-be sister-in-law that you want her as a bridesmaid in your wedding and you have a dress for her and all of like that is so bizarre to me and it really showed the true true lack of communication in this family it's like what I and it it doesn't make sense because she's she's so organized seemingly Isabel and so on top of all the, pl- well, she can't be that on top of all the planning if she's doing stuff up until the day before, but I guess they did. It was a rush job. They just got engaged, you know, they had a limited amount of time, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, fine. You're planning up until the last minute. But if your mom had to make a dress, what, a week or two ago, whenever this dress was finished, why would you not at that time be like, hey, Monica, it would mean a lot for me. If you stood by my side at the wedding as a bridesmaid, my mom is making or made you this dress to wear. It's beautiful. I really want you there. So to me, this shows a true lack of effort on both sides. I don't think it's just Monica that's not playing nice. Like that is not nice. It's it's not it's not overtly like she's not saying something rude, but she is saying something with her lack of communication and her lack of care in this matter, like to not express that because it's a big deal. I'm not, I'm not a huge wedding person, but 
it is a big deal when you ask someone to stand with you up at your wedding. I've been asked in really clever ways before, you know, or it's a conversation. And I think anyone who's been married, I have not, but anyone who's been married can attest to this. Unless you're having a really small wedding, you don't have, you're not going to have a wedding party or you eloped or whatever. But like, if you're having a somewhat big wedding where you're going to have all these assigned roles and everything like that, having that conversation is a big part of the planning. So make it make sense. It doesn't. Yeah. So they end up making up after Monica starts crying and then they make up, they decide that they're going to have another wedding in the States and Monica will be a bridesmaid there and she'll wear the damn dress. So I think everything's going to be fine with them, but there's just these weird, like I say, power dynamics as far as kind of ranking in Gabe's life that are still lingering, but I think they will get over this. And Isabel does seem to be a really genuine person who's genuinely in love with Gabe and vice versa. So I do see them lasting as far as 90 day couples go. Okay. (laughs) Now, I mean, there's, (laughs) there's Debbie and Osama. But they didn't really have any screen time on this episode. It was mostly Debbie chiming in on other people's stuff. And then we got that great line from Osama where he's like, I tried to follow. He's talking about someone else's issues. And Sean turns to him. What do you think, Osama? And he's like, I tried to follow, but I'm just confused. I don't know. Uh, So we did get that funny moment. But other than that, we just have Debbie's post-show interview where she says, I don't know what happened to my Mr. Strange Wonderful. He looks like a corpse or something, man, or a mugshot. I didn't shut the door to him, even though everybody wants me to. He was my best friend during my darkest times. But Mrs. De- Miss Debbie isn't stupid. You would have to do a lot to bring Miss Debbie back to Morocco. And I'm like, okay. We're going to see Miss Debbie on another season because she's like, well, Osama wrote me a poem and he recited it on his Instagram live or something, you know, like (laughs) that, the, her making that statement, it really just was like, I am open to being on TV more. I mean, that's really what it was, right? He looks like a corpse. (laughs) Uh, Okay. This is the main event, right? Jamie and Chris. So pause for wine, pause for a little sip of wine. Chris, Chris, Chris. So Jeff, the PA kind of pokes her with a broom and kind of wakes her up and she tells us a wild story. So I guess I should set this up. Uh, this is actually how this tell all started was with Jamie and Chris. And the last thing that was said, what we left off with in the tell all part two is Chris dropping this bomb of, well, she wants to say I'm so bad for starting to date someone after she ghosted me for 20 days. Well, her ex-boyfriend was sending me nudes and videos and all this stuff that Chris was sending him. So suck on that, Chris. And that is a big shocking revelation in this story because Chris is acting like her hands are clean and everything is on Jamie. No, I mean, her hands are far from clean. Her hands are filthy in this relationship. Uh, But this leads to Chris. Oh, you're calling me out. Guess what? I have another story for that. Something happened to me. I'm a victim. I'm a martyr. And this is why you're wrong. She tells us this wild tale about busting in the door at her ex-boyfriend's once she found out that he was sending Jamie nudes of, of herself and she crushed his phone and then she ran away. 
Yeah, right. I mean, it's ridiculous. Her stories are so ridiculous. And it's so wild that she thinks that these stories sound normal or that one single person could have all of these stories happen to them. Just statistically, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. All this stuff does not happen to one person. And no one believes you. But of course, no one's calling it out. They're not going to. I think that I think that the producers must have told everyone, listen, we know Chris is full of shit. We're not going to call her out because then we're going to have to address the treasure trove. We don't want to open Pandora's box to what's really going on with Chris. So just let her have her little madness moments here. And we're just going to glaze over it, pretend she didn't just say all this wild shit. Because on certain seasons of this show, different personalities that went in hard, this would not fly. I mean, people would be calling you out. And I mean, we even have Gabe who's calling people out and uh, uh, it's just bogus. It's bogus. So then they trot out Chris's mom, Mona. Poor Mona. I mean, she's bamboozled more than anyone with Chris's lies. So Mona comes out. Mona, what do you think about Jamie? Well, I think Jamie was looking for a sugar mama. Right. I don't think that people stay with someone for two years. (laughs) As a sugar mama, I think to be a sugar mama, you have to actually be giving the person things and money. And all she was doing with Jamie was like not paying her rent. So, okay. And then Chris says, well, my mom was sending Jamie money on her PayPal because I don't have one. Why don't you have one? Get one. Why don't you have a PayPal account? Okay. And then Chris pulls out her phone and she pulls up her PayPal app. I love it. I love receipts being shown. Financials, right? So she pulls out her phone. She's got all the transactions on her PayPal pulled up. And she says, look, there's this one for this amount. There's this one for this amount from Mona. And that's it. She says, it's a total of $1,740 that was ever sent to my PayPal. She paid for the rent and then she stopped paying the rent. And that's all that's happened. (laughs) Chris, do you happen to have any receipts of this $10,000 you're claiming to have sent Jamie? Oh, oh, well, those receipts are actually on a bank account that I no longer have um, because actually they thought someone stole my identity. So they shut down the whole entire bank account and all records of anything that ever happened on that bank account gone i can't access them um and that just like actually conveniently happened uh right after i had sent jamie that ten thousand dollars so yep nothing here nothing to see here sorry you just have to take me at my word okay okay chris Then we get the flashback to them on this Zoom call. Now, if you remember, this is the Zoom call where Jamie is beside herself because Chris has not talked to her in a month and she's been gone. This is when Chris left and said that she would be gone for two weeks tops to deal with, oh, what was it? Hmm. What was it? A rare motorcycle being stolen that she needs to get 50 grand from that'll just set them up for life. Right. Oh, but you can spend $10,000 in two weeks. Hmm. The math is not mathing. And then, uh, what else? Oh, she, uh, had an issue with her bank. Oh, maybe that was this bank account being shut down that she sent Jamie all this money to, I don't know. We can't keep it all straight. And also, oh, son's legal problems in jail and this, that, and the other. Yeah. 
So two weeks tops and she's gone for five months. Remember that everyone crazy. And so they're on this zoom call. Jamie is very upset, understandably because her wife has stopped talking to her. And, um, Chris is saying, well, I have to be in the U S to live, uh, because this is the only, I, I can't make money there. And this is the only place I can make money. This makes no sense. And even this stuff, I'm like, why is no one calling this out? Why make this giant plan? It is a huge undertaking in your life. It is a very big deal to decide I'm going to pick up my life in this country and move to another country and put down roots and start from scratch with everything. It takes a lot to do that. So why, why, why would you make this big plan to move and get married to someone if you could not afford it? If, and it's not even just, oh, I'm, you know, I don't have a ton of money, but I have enough to float us for six months or whatever. Okay. But then why, why go there with such little money that you going back for a bank issue or your rare motorcycle being stolen would completely break you. Why, why go there with such little money in your account that $150 more in rent a month is make or break and is enough to incense you to the point where you bring it up in every single fight. Why go there then? Why go there then? Why not work day and night, as you call it, for another year, six months, and save up and live with your mom and then go down there with, and, and, and you can, you know, track down that rare bicycle and sell it for 50 K and then, and then go down there and, and why not put your foot down about the rent this time? So it's just under what, you know, so it's, it's $150 less each month and then, and then you'll be happy and then you can afford it. Hmm? Why tell your wife, wife to quit her job? If you're just going to shame her for not having a job, I mean, no one, this is the simplest stuff from the season and no one's laying this out. This woman, this woman left her kids. I mean, they're grown, but left her young adult family, children, left everything she knew, right? Moves. She has this house that's like, apparently burnt to the ground um, that she thought she was going to have renters in paying her. I mean, all this stuff going on that she leaves, moves there, freaks out about the rent, even though Jamie only got that apartment because she had to have her American kitchen, right? Jamie, I'm sure could have found something a little cheaper if Chris had not had these demands or whatever she needed. Okay. Upset about the apartment. Um, now all this stuff's going wrong. I need a knife. Let's go buy a knife. I need to go to the pharmacy because my neck hurts. Let's go to the pharmacy. I got this big thing of Vicodin and, uh, now it's gone probably. And now I'm in bed having withdrawals. Okay. All, all this stuff. Oh, and I'm probably going to kick you in my sleep because my narcolepsy and this and that and the other, I mean, even that stuff aside, um, now let's do what we really wanted to do and start our own business. We're going to have a food truck and you need to quit your job because you need to focus on this new business that we're definitely starting. Oh, but I can't afford the food truck part of the food truck business. Right. So, well, don't worry. Don't worry because I'm going to pay the rent for our apartment because we're married and I moved here and I told you to quit your job. So I'm going to cover the rent goes back to the States. I'll be right back is gone for almost half a year, but only pays. What was it? One or two months of the rent stops paying the rent. 
Um, but, oh, I'm sending you all this money, all this money. Well, Jamie has the receipts that you didn't, and you don't have the receipts that you did. And no one is saying anything. It is so wild. I can't believe how ridiculous this is that no one is talking about any of this shit. And then they trot out the mom to like validate it. And it's just infuriating. I mean, poor Jamie. I, I'm not saying that Chris's feelings weren't hurt by Jamie talking to someone else. But Veronica even agreed. You're on the dating apps. You've never met someone. And yeah, you're dating, but they're not, it's not really super real until you meet and you actually know them. And then they just ghost you for nearly a month for 20 days. Absolutely. Most people are going to be like, call it a wash and be like, okay, well, that person's not going to talk to me again. They ghosted me. They're moving on. I'm going to move on. So I just, I don't even think that Jamie is that wrong for that personally. I don't think that that was that bad of a thing. So, I mean, Jamie maintains that she only asked for the money to pay for the rent in their apartment. Debbie, Debbie speaks up and, oh, I believe Chris and I think Jamie's lying. Chris was working her butt off. And what was Jamie doing to pay for stuff and carry her with nothing? She, Jamie didn't do anything. Jamie's not working. Um, what was Osama doing to pay for anything? Like, hello, let's talk about that, Debbie. Shut up. So then uh, any final words to tell each other? Chris, I am worried about your mental health. I mean, she said that because the producers probably didn't want her to say what she's really worried about. What's really going on with Chris? But yeah, or yeah, with Chris. But yeah, let's just chalk it all up to because truly it is mental health. It's very much tied in with mental health. Um, but uh, yeah, let's call it that, I guess. And then ugh, Chris just leaning in her chair. And uh Chris, do you have anything to say to Jamie? No. She's just going to have she's going to have an excuse for whatever I say her say to her. She'll just have an excuse. Your whole life is excuses, Chris. It's so oh, so irritating. And I just I don't know if TLC is going to never have Chris on again or if they're going to continuously have Chris on the shows because a lot of people don't want to see her again. You know, she's abusive. She she shoved. She was very physically aggressive with Jamie. She shoved her um, and just emotionally abusive and lying, clearly lying and uh, a lot of people believe that there's a drug issue happening. So they people don't want to see her again. But let's not forget Ed. Let's not forget Ange. Like they they enjoy having these people on the shows because people hate watch them. And then people go online and talk about it and it generates buzz for the show. And it it's basically free advertising for the show, you know everyone's talking about it. Even if they hate these people and they're talking about how much they hate them, they're still talking about it. So it wouldn't completely shock me if we did see Chris again in some capacity on one of these shows. Um, that being said, it also would not surprise me if we never saw her again on one of these shows because she's a liability for the producers. I mean, if something happens while they're filming her, they don't want that on their hands. You know what I mean? She's got her blackout anger, herself, her self-defined blackout anger. She put her hands on her partner while they're filming. And all these quote unquote health injuries. She's got, you know, her son with the drug involvement went to jail for that she's got this big stash of knives i mean 
it's a lot. And I can see them definitely stepping back from wanting to be involved with Chris, I'll say. So I don't know, guys. I don't know. After wrapping, Jamie says that Chris is a master manipulator and the world fell for it. No. Jamie, if you're listening, the majority of us did not fall for it. And you are not crazy for wanting this apartment. That was $150 more. You're not crazy for wanting a partner to talk to you more than once a month. Okay. So that was, that was, that was it guys. I mean, what a season. I have to say a lot of the talk to my point before, a lot of the talk, a lot of the excitement for the season was watching Chris and Jamie's storyline play out. But as the season went on, it was very difficult to watch Chris continue to make up lies and, and manipulate this person, this seemingly very kind person. So that got tough. I mean, we got a lot of humor at first from the strange, beautiful stuff. And then even that started to feel grimy because there is this huge age gap and it's a lot. It was just a lot. And then, you know, I think a lot of the humor also was with, um, was with Jen and Rishi. I think Jen is a great reality show character. And so I, for one, support her coming on another one of the shows, even if it is with Debbie's cop son. Uh, she she really entertains me and I, I liked watching her. Um, so thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to this solo episode. Um, Polly will be back next week and we will be back with a recap of the brand new season of before the 90 days. That's right. It's coming back. There isn't even a break in programming for a week. It premieres this Sunday. So be sure to watch and be sure to listen to us and be sure to follow us. We're on social media. Our biggest thing that we're active on is Instagram. Our handle is at Tender Loving Care Podcast. Go and follow us there for fun memes, for announcements. We have a lot going on with the podcast right now. Um, we're currently putting out three to four episodes a week, y'all. So uh, the schedule, if you haven't checked out our Instagram yet, let's see if I can get this right the first time. We have on Tuesdays our 90 Day Fiance recaps that come out. Okay. And then Wednesday, we have our original format, which is the wheel of shame. This is a real wheel, virtual wheel online that we spin. It has all of the shows or a lot of the shows from TLC and discovery plus, and it spins, it chooses a show for us. We watch it. We don't get a say in it. It's the wheel knows all. And we recap that show. We, we watch some of it. We review it for the next week. Okay. So that comes out on Wednesday excuse me. And then we on Thursday (laughs) release an episode that is a Bravo show. So, uh, we are currently recapping Vanderbump rules. It's still, uh, still going with the reunions. Um, and then we'll do another Bravo show after that. Okay. And then every other Friday, our Patreon listeners or If you want to subscribe right from your feed, you can do that too. We have a new thing coming out and that is our, um, docu deep dives. We're kind of calling it. And, um, we are really excited about that. Lots of great content, lots of interesting pop culture, uh, adjacent or pop culture itself, documentaries, books, media, we are consuming to deep dive and go in. So check that out. It's $5 a month for two big juicy episodes. So well worth it. Thank you again. We'll see you next week. Well, I guess, or tomorrow, whenever you listen to our next episode 
and you have a great week. Tell a friend about the pod and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.